Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was, at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC, which is amazing. West Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the uh, Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you. Thank you once again to our guest for today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour, Cat Barry. And if you missed any of that conversation, it will be up shortly on the 107.5 The Game podcasting page. And Chris, you guys dove into a lot of good stuff there. Uh, I think the stuck, thing that stuck out to me the most is uh, she's claiming that she held Aaliyah Boston in check and a little bit of high school basketball up north. Yeah, should uh, put that out on social media and tag Aaliyah Boston, see what she thinks about that. Now, apparently, you know, we weren't able to get, like, a definitive answer. It was not the entire yeah, game. Yeah, it wasn't the whole game. It, it was at least game. a couple of series. Now, a couple I don't minutes. Think, I don't think she specified how <laughs> much Aaliyah. Positions. I don't think she specified how much Aaliyah touched the ball during those series either. Well, so. she she did say they lost. Cat's team lost, and they did not hold Aaliyah Boston scoreless. Cat held her scoreless Kat at least for scoreless. a time. She also recognizes that her basketball skills, her own basketball skills, have probably diminished over time. Her soccer skills have increased from what they already were. It's outstanding. And Aaliyah Boston has gotten even better since high school. So, uh, so she's not challenged her to a 1v1 pickup game? No, it doesn't sound like it. doesn't sound like she's all about that. Also, Cat, uh, big-time uh, big hater of Pat Mahomes. I did hear a little bit of that, as well as Arsenal, which that's going to rub Jay yes. the wrong way. Can you please, will you do me a favor, clip the, uh, if you will, clip, the segment about Arsenal yes. and play it on Jay Phillips' show. I, I, I will do that because he actually has some cuts today, I think, about for He had me get yesterday about, I think, Arsenal, one of Arsenal's games, so I'll bring no, that up to a little did. bit later. Just play that, though, without warning him at all. Yeah, yeah. Just when play he's it. Like, Tyler, uh, cue up my that, that Arsenal audio. Just play that. That sounds like a, a great reaction. idea. Yes. Be a great reaction for Jay. Hopefully he's not listening now. I'm sure he's not. He'll be he'll be out there soon. Yeah, don't warn him. Don't don't at about eleven fifty five. Okay. Don't mention the Arsenal stuff anymore. Okay. Because he, he might hear it out there in the lobby of the studio. Sounds good. She also uh, I like the story she told about pulling him to the red light and the guy with the Gamecock tattoo in like Boston, like somewhere in Massachusetts. Yeah, that was awesome. And that I mean, she said that that's really what stood out, and it's kind of interesting because. She, from the women's soccer perspective, and Adam Luckhurst, who we had in on a previous edition of the Garnet Trust Hour on the men's soccer side, they both mentioned some similar things in that when they visited South Carolina, 
they saw the fan support. Mm-hmm. Both of them mentioned the facilities and the investment in soccer, men's soccer, women's soccer, uh, the fan support at Stone Stadium, the facilities that the athletes get to walk in every day, practice in. You know, Adam told us, this was Santa Barbara, California. Yeah. And he's like, we don't have stuff like this, that investment level in soccer. He said, said he told me during a break, he was like, we, we've got kids out in California who would love to go all the way across the country. Right. Play at South Carolina. You look at Kat Berry from, basically from Boston, from Massachusetts, and she had a lot of different offers from whether it was Ivy League or places like Northwestern, Maryland. And she was looking for that blend of <clears throat> soccer investment plus academics because she values that. And she founded at South Carolina. So she was a big time recruit for South Carolina. And they've in a line of several big time recruits, obviously, when you look at the team that they've put together. And, um, you know, she's she's done some really good things about at South Carolina. Uh, you look at what they did last season what they've done the last several years under Shelly Smith, but they're looking to take another step this coming season. Absolutely. So again, if you missed that conversation, it'll be up shortly on the podcast page on 1075thegame.com. Plenty to get to here on the Garnet or the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Got a few Gamecocks that are up at the NFL Combine. We'll talk about how they've been doing on the other side. You're listening. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. And welcome back in to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you. This past weekend was the NFL Combine. Had several Gamecocks out there putting up some numbers. Jalen Brooks. Javon Gwynn, Darius Rush, Zach Pickens, and uh, Cam Smith. And I'll start off with Darius Rush because he ended up running a 4-3-7 in the 40-yard dash and some talk out there that he's uh, potentially improving his uh, draft stock. I think, uh, you know, with with Darius, this is, I I don't want to say it's the culmination yet, but it is maybe one of the final steps for him in you know, checking all the boxes. And I, I think if you if you look at these NFL draft prospects, because now they, they are prospects again. You know, we Chris and I obviously spent a lot of time looking at high school prospects, them developing into college football players. Now they become prospects again, making that next jump. There are several different boxes you have to check if you are going to potentially reach that ceiling we always talk about when we're talking about high school prospects. And... You know, Chris, I would say for Darius, um, wh- whatever that ceiling was, whatever that was set at for him coming into, let's go all the way back to prior to this season, which I think, uh, you know, was sort of set up to be his last year at Carolina. There were certain things he needed to check, and he did that throughout the year. And then based on feedback I had heard, they were being told essentially the final check mark he needed was the pure speed one. And and obviously, for better or worse, the 40-yard dash is how they measure that in football. Um, also had, I, I think, um, a 1.5 second on the 10-yard burst, which is a big thing I, I think teams probably look at as well, especially for cornerbacks. And that, that was a time... You know, I, I really thought if Darius ran mid-4-4s, that would be a good day for him. That would be a good time for him. And 
I mean, he shattered that. So for for a guy who not who's really not built based on his speed, you know, he has length, he has size. Um, his speed was really not the first thing you say about him as a player. For him to throw down a four three seven on the big stage like that, I mean, I don't know if it could have worked out any better for Darius Rush. And, and now you've got a situation. I mean, is is Darius the second? Gamecock off the board at this point? It's going to be close between... It's, it, so it's going to be Cam Smith is first, unless mm-hmm. there's some crazy surprise. And then for spot two, you're looking at either Zach Pickens or Darius. And Darius has worked himself... I think he was probably like firmly third out of those five combine invites. Now he's ascended boards to where it's a question now what i've been told you know one nfl scouting source that i talked to even this morning said darius rush probably top 100 now and so that means you know anywhere in first three rounds a little bit of round four possibly um he's not going first round even with his tape his testing numbers there's there's no buzz about him being a first round pick what that could mean is, you know, maybe he's third round now. That's kind of where you might settle. And so when you look at Zach Pickens, he's kind of been, he had a really good senior bowl. Looks like he had a pretty good combine performance. You know, he's going to interview well, check all those boxes. And he's got a lot of college tape, too, for people to, to go over. He checks the size boxes. He's probably a second to third to, you know, maybe fourth if he really slipped on draft day. So he seems to be top 100, too. So mm-hmm. I think the question is kind of which guy goes first. Pickens probably has had a little bit more buzz about maybe sneaking into the second round or being a second-round type guy, whereas Darius has come on late. Um, but I think it is a very fair question. Like, would it be some huge shock if Darius Rush was the second Gamecock off the board? Probably not. If you made me bet, I'm I'm still probably going Zach Pickens second off the board, and then Darius, but wouldn't be a surprise either way. Well, all right, so not to completely give it away, I know you're working on some stuff for the site, but let's reward people for listening to the show. What What is the latest you got on Cam Smith? Um, you know, I, I know in general he came into this season and there was a lot of buzz for him as a first-rounder. I mean, we know once you get down to this point, teams are going to get really just uh, – what would be the word? This is going to get very nitpicky about what they're going to spend their first round pick uh, on as far as position, as far as this guy over that guy. And, you know, it, it's hard to be a first rounder. So are, are you, you know, we see the, we see a lot of movement from all, you know, all the way back to last year to now. Where do you think as this thing really closes in, where do you think Cam is right here today, March 7th, 2023? It, it seems like, first round and probably more of the back half of the first round um to and, and when you when you say that when you say back half of the first round there's always a chance on draft day that he could go a little higher um it's not out of the I mean you look back at the the past history of the NFL draft not every year but some years there's a guy that goes first round and then all the people doing the draft coverage are like, wow, that's that's a little high. You know, that's higher than we thought. 
Sometimes that's a second round or even a third round projection that sneaks into the first round. So when you know he's kind of firmly been pegged as a first or second round type guy. There seems to be a little bit more buzz about first, probably more the back half. So you know, fifteen through thirty something. Um, but that also means on the on the flip side that you could always slip down into that second round, the top of the second round. Um, but when you look at Cam, I mean, just looking at his numbers from the combine, um, he still ran a good 40 time. So straight line speed, you didn't see any, you know, he didn't go up there and, and run a 4.6 and kind of torpedo himself. He ran a good time in the 4.4s. You look at how he performed in the agility drills. He, he looked really good there. Um, he's, we know he's not lacking in confidence. <laughs> and then he's got a lot of tape from college that's really good. He's got size, physicality. He can cover one-on-one. So he checks a lot of the boxes. And so there seems to be a good bit of buzz about that. Yeah, so coming up on Monday will be South Carolina's Pro Day where all five of these guys as well as other guys like <clears throat> Nate Atkins will be performing these similar drills for scouts here um, in Columbia. For these guys that did compete at the Combine, do you expect any maybe any difference in their performance when they do these same things at Pro Day coming up? I mean, for a lot of these guys... I'm not doing much on on pro day. Darius Rush doesn't need to touch any. I'm not even walking forty. Don't yards. walk. Let me I'm, see you walk. Nope. I'm I'm not getting. I'm not moving the distance of forty yards at any point. You know, like yeah. I that, let that stand. You know, because you you don't want to. I mean, you're talking about milliseconds. You don't want to get out there and give anybody any reason at all to question. Oh, was that you know a once in a lifetime run or or, or whatever you know? And we we see that all the time. We see guys who won't run the 40 if they already are comfortable with their time. We'll see guys who won't run the 40 at all if they if they have nothing to gain from it. You know, so obviously Darius had a ton to gain from getting an on-the-record 40-yard dash. I thought even in the mid-4-4s would have been a, a good thing, like I said earlier. But to get one in the high 4-3s at his size, you know, I, I, think, I, I think you're not really... I don't think you touch that uh, this week. You know, maybe, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Cam wants to run one just to see if he can shave. I, I think Cam can probably, honestly, just based on eye test, this is not, I, I don't have any inside information on what he has run in the lead up. I feel like Cam could maybe shave a couple seconds off. Uh, his official time is four four three. With a 1.49 split, I think he can maybe shave a couple of milliseconds off of that. But um, you know that that one will be interesting to see. And then it, anybody that didn't get an invite, you know, I, I think this is this yeah. is when this is for your guys like like a Nate Atkins. You know, can he grab somebody's attention? <laughs> and really, it's it's kind of about letting teams be around you a little bit more. Do you know? I imagine Cam and Darius will go through the on-field drills as well, just because you generally have a somebody with NFL ties out there putting you through those workouts, and it's just good for teams to be on the ground watching you in person and watching how you react to to being coached up a little bit and getting a feel for your personality and uh, you know just seeing what you're all about. So I, I think for all those guys. It'll be a little different decision for, for each person, I think. 
If you didn't get an invite to the combine, though, you want to do as many drills and runs and times as as possible, I think. Yeah, and I think for Nate in particular, he's probably the guy. There are some others, I think. You know, like a Dylan Wanham, for instance, who battled a lot of injuries. Uh, You know, Josh Van, who's had up, you know, didn't get to finish the year because of the injury, but he's certainly done some things during his time at South Mm -hmm. Carolina. Those are some guys that could benefit. I think Nate Atkins might be the main one because his pro day workout will be really intriguing. Like, what does he do? Is he out there snapping? Is he run because he's been working on that? Is he running routes? Like, what is he doing? But when you look at everything that Nate Atkins can do, you know, he's someone that even though he didn't get a scouting com an NFL combine invite, is still on some boards. Um, a later round pick, I think he even recognizes that. He told us that on the Garnet Trust Hour. He's he's not going to be a guy that you hear called in the you know the fourth round. But if does he sneak in late in the draft? It's possible. If not, he's almost definitely going to be a preferred free agent. Tyler, I know we got to hit a break right before we do though. I have a few more notes on Darius Rush. Like looking back in the time capsule that I want to do on the other side, the sub of the day from Firehouse Subs, guys. It's one of my favorite days. Tuesday, Turkey Bacon Ranch. Two of Wes's three most favorite ingredients ever. You can go check it out. Firehousesubs.com, Rapid Rescue, which is where you can just order and customize your Firehouse Sub. Turkey Bacon Ranch today, as the sub of the day, is $7.99 for a medium, $5.99 for a small. You can use the Rapid Rescue to order it. Go pick it up at any of 14 Midlands Firehouse Subs locations. You can also download the Firehouse Subs app and join their rewards programs. You can get Firehouse Subs for free eventually once you accumulate enough rewards points. Let's talk a little bit more about Darius Rush on the other side. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Get past the people, get past the hitmen. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler, Wes, and Chris. Along with you continuing our conversation about Gamecocks up at the NFL Draft this past weekend. Specifically talking about Darius Rush, who is being projected uh, right in those mid-rounds as uh, being picked at his defensive back position, but ran a good 40 time up at the uh, Combine, hopefully to improve on that. And Chris, you said you had a little bit more on him. Yeah, I like to reminisce on Darius. You know, I know Wes and I were at the Carolina camp the summer of, I guess that would have been, what, the summer of 17, Wes, back then, because he was in the 18 class. And uh, that's when he came to camp. He, um, if he didn't have the offer, he earned the offer then. But I remember hearing. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. More feedback. Like we got to see him. He was working out as a receiver at the time. Um, but he put up some good, solid testing numbers, particularly in some metrics like broad jump, I remember. Um, did some track stuff in high school. And Carolina ended up taking him just kind of as a a little bit more of a raw athlete 
frankly, um, out of C.E. Murray. And so I went back and dug up, Wes, some old stuff from 2018, 2019, just with some opinions. So first of all, I know you make fun of me. I want to make every receiver into a DB. And if you, you do that are enough, you, are you about to take a, a, a victory lap on I'm not, this one? No victory lap. It, it, because because I was right and wrong, um, but so were some others. Oh, I already know what you're going to say then. Yeah, I I had him. Go ahead, Tyler. I was say now. Why do you want all wide receivers to become DBs? Um, I don't know. You don't know. Yeah, I just when I see a kid, who it's not all of them, but if it's a guy that's like. Um, five ten to like six two range. Who can run and jump and like move in short areas? That receivers are a little bit more a dime a dozen, right? Not uh, they're not a dime a dozen in my opinion, but a little bit more. And so when you see that guy, you're like ooh, like I saw Shy Smith work out at Carolina's camp. They put him at corner for a couple reps, and then I fell in love with that based off two reps. He's pretty good at receiver too. That's all you needed to see. Yeah, yeah there it. was a there was a Muschamp effect as well. Uh, the fact that Will yeah. Muschamp was the coach, and I think wanted to turn everybody into a DB as well. That yeah. just kind of rubbed off, I think, on Chris a little bit. Um, we did we did have a comment here, by the way, on our uh, stream here. It said uh, didn't Rush come in as a track guy? And y- yes and no. So. Yes, he was a track guy, but the sports he excelled in or the events he excelled in was, you know, he was state champion, I think, in the triple jump. Uh, he did the high jump, the long jump. So it was more those events as opposed to necessarily the speed events that he completely excelled in. And uh, But those are a show of explosiveness, Um Leaping, anything involving leaping actually correlates pretty well to explosiveness. Well, and he got to USC as a receiver, but I was immediately intrigued by the idea of making him a big safety eventually, which, of course, he ended up playing corner. And looking back at some old stuff, you know, I was asked a question on Gamecock Central back in 2009, and I'm, I'm looking back here at my answer, just talking about how he arrived with a lot of raw athletic ability but needed to just keep growing, getting bigger and stronger, learning the nuances of receiver. That's when he was still playing receiver. But mentioned that he could eventually make an impact as a position player and on special teams. Now, looking at it through you know hindsight, we now know that he ended up making a huge positional uh, impact, but at corner. And then he was a great special teams player for Carolina. A um, couple other high school coaches that I talked to, thought that he was more of a safety in college. Looking back at his then head coach, Chad Wilkes at CE Murray, said that he could be a great corner or safety at the next level because of the quickness and footwork he has with above average height and length. Also mentioned that he had the highest football IQ he had ever coached. Extremely competitive, will put his body on the line to win. And I think when you're looking back at Darius's career at South Carolina, played through injury, played banged up sometimes, for the greater good of the team. Um, and then another high school coach that I talked to said, great kid, great work ethic. He is thin, so I'm guessing cornerback or wide receiver, tall and rangy. And so, of course, he came in, I think he was 6'2", 170 or so, as an early enrollee in that class. Obviously ended up filling out, really physically maturing at his time at South Carolina. 
And then the, the biggest thing is what you, you mentioned, Wes. I mean, he this wasn't a guy that was thought of, even on game tape, as having elite speed. Um, but he certainly showed straight line at the combine that he's got that. And that was a huge, maybe question mark that was answered for him in the scouting process. Yeah, 198 pounds now is uh, what he's listed at on the NFL.com website. So, you know, he's, re- he's really feeling, I mean, you could see that from the eye test, but uh, he, he backs that up on the measurables as well. So, um, yeah, I'll be curious to see where Darius goes. I, I, I just think, uh, y'all know I've been biased on this one for a while, but I just think that he's going to blow teams away on the character and work ethic side of this as well, which will give him, I mean, I don't know how much more upward mobility there is because he's he's kind of, I mean, he's getting close to probably, actually probably above what most people would have had as um, the the kind of ceiling for where he could get drafted, but I do think teams that teams that value maybe character more so than other teams do teams that value special teams more so than other teams do and you know i think a team that values length uh ball skills recovery speed kind of not necessarily you know i don't think i think it's about scheme fit i don't think he's the guy that you're gonna say well this you know he's comes in he's gonna be our number one corner in a man defense that plays very aggressively. Now, if you say we value size, we value run support, we value maybe there's a little bit more zone involved here. Uh, we value, you know, um, we want length from our corners. Then I, I think that's where Darius would be a really, really good fit for um, certain teams that maybe fit those categories. And I remember coming into this season, I think you and I both thought like. He's played himself into NFL draft pick status of some sort. Let's see where this season takes him. Um, but we all thought that even if he was, say, a six-round pick, that because of those traits you mentioned and the ability to play special teams, this is a guy that's got a chance to stick in the league for a really long time, for 10 years, something like that. And now what he's done is is he's kept that status and then improved upon it. So... When you're looking at the notion of a of a player really maximizing his stock, kind of completely reaching what the ceiling is in terms of stock before the draft, then there you have it. And so now you're talking about instead of, you know, being a six round pick or something and kind of hoping to make the team at you know, after that, now a team is investing more in you up front, which gives you a better chance to to stick immediately and then to grow. Uh, Before we move on, all across the country, drivers are reaping the rewards of safer driving with the updated Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. Uh, You can switch and save on your insurance by calling Amy Mason Cup from State Farm, local agent right here in Columbia. Ask her about the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. It has dynamic new features like interactive maps and driving tips. makes the pursuit of your discount even easier. Earn up to 30% by downloading it. Or stop by your local State Farm agent's office. Amy Mason Cup is at 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4, right off of the St. Andrews exit on I-26 here in Columbia. My family was looking to switch and save on our insurance. We called Amy. She took care of the rest, an experienced, knowledgeable, responsive, and helpful team. And they can help you with all sorts of policies from 
home, auto, business, Medicare supplements, life insurance, and much more. Website is amymasoncup.com, M-A-S-I-N-C-U-P-P.com, or give her a call, 803-772-5554. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. As we head into this break, I also want to let you know about the 107.5 The Game Spring Golf Classic coming up on Friday, March the 24th at the Charwood Golf Club in West Columbia. If you want to be a part of it, call Charwood at 803 803- Seven five five two thousand. It's one hundred dollars per person to register, and four hundred dollars for a team. We're going to have some autographed gear from Gamecock athletes, and one lucky person will win season tickets to all remaining USC baseball games. Lunch will also be provided by Firehouse Subs. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the one hundred seven five The Game Spring Golf Classic. Right back to wrap up the day on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on one hundred seven five The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Talking about the pro potential for several Gamecocks coming off of the NFL Combine this past weekend. Again, South Carolina's Pro Day is coming up this Monday and uh, you guys have been doing this job for a long time. When you think about Pro Day here at South Carolina, is there any one name that sticks out to you about somebody that made a big difference uh, in their performance at Pro Day? Ooh. Put us on the spot, Tyler. Um, Got to make you guys think. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply don't know. Would it be more of a? I'm trying to think between more of a guy that made a had, I guess you could say a surprise in some form or fashion, like a surprise performance at Pro Day versus a surprise performance at the Combine. Like, because I don't, nobody in the world thought Darius Rush was on a four three seven. Nobody. So that I mean, that's like the most recent example and probably the strongest example, frankly, that I can think of. Not that that took him from like, <laughs> it didn't take him from who is this guy to now he's going to be drafted though. He was sure. already solidly like mid-round draft pick after what he did as a senior, senior bowl, but then he did that. I, I just remember the hype around Clowney's yeah. pro day. I mean, yeah. there were, I mean, it was a circus out there. The number of teams that were there, number of head coaches that were there. I mean, there was a significant buzz, um, you know, about seeing what Clowney was all about and seeing him in person. You know, it was already trying to not sort of be revisionist history guy here, but it, I think it was already pretty well thought he was going to be the first pick, but we right. need to confirm some things, and, you know, he obviously did. But I, I just remember there being a tremendous amount of buzz around that. There hat there has to be. I'll give you one that's still not a shock and not like a giant leap in terms of what he did. But J.C. Horn in twenty in twenty twenty one, 
he had an incredible pro day to where, you know, he was probably a first-round pick still. But wasn't Matt Rule at that pro day, I think, Wes? Mm-hmm. So the Panthers end up drafting him, what, number eight overall, first defensive player off the board. I don't know if we thought that. Even yeah. even going, at, like, even on draft day, I don't know if we thought that. There was a question between him and I think the corner from Bama. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of a back and forth between those two. But Horn was like sub 4-4 in the 40, over the 41-inch vertical jump, 11-foot, 1-inch broad jump. You know, so he just completely knocked it out of the park on pro day to where I do remember hearing more and more buzz about, okay, this guy is not just, you know, first-rounder. He is a pretty high first-rounder. And I recall there even being some buzz about could he be the first corner off the board. As it turns out, he was not only the first corner, but the first defensive player drafted. That that might, again, not a, like a huge leap, but that was one of the better pro day performances that I can recall having covered since I've been doing this. I was talking about Matt Rule being there from his time at the Panthers. Do you guys get to talk to the coaches at all there, or are they uh, off limits for the media? It's not, not really. Not really. Nah. I mean, you better, if you know them, Okay, if you but got there, some, there, there's no f- any kind of formal like okay, this like coach is going to be on the side. You can talk to him, where you can get their thoughts on what they're thinking, or if they're impressed by somebody like that. No, no, no. I, and I don't think they give away. Even if you could talk to them, I don't think they would give away much. You know, Carolina did some stuff with Matt Rule, <laughs> just talking about the program a bit that they put out, but there was no media gaggle or anything like that. I'm trying to. It, it's amazing, even in the world of the internet how difficult it can actually be to find to go back and find stuff sometimes i was trying to see you know who kind of popped in my head well his um jt ebay being a guy that kind of came out of nowhere and i think threw down some good numbers on pro day and then ended up getting some opportunities and unfortunately had that viral hit and got cut by the panthers for hitting a guy in practice when it was just obvious that he didn't, I mean, he, his just instinct took over. So that that was not the end, of course, that JT eBay wanted. But I, I, I swear, I think he had some pretty good numbers. Um, I think he had like a huge vertical and, and ran a good forty, and everybody being like, "Wait, where where did this come For, from?" I think forty two inches for JT eBay. On the vertical in an eleven-two broad jump, which is, which is really good. But there was some. I mean, Ernest Jones, and that was the same year as J, as uh, J C Horn. Mm-hmm. Ernest Jones had a really good day that day, and I think ended up going maybe a little bit higher than we thought. You know, in the NFL draft. So yeah, the twenty twenty-one pro day was one in which I think several guys helped their case. Yeah, Ernest Jones ran a four six nine. I think there was a question about his speed going yep. into that, which that's not a blazing time, but that's, uh, I think, probably answered some questions, you know, as far as he is concerned. Where, where do we think, so we mentioned, we're all in agreement, Cam Smith, first guy off the board. Wes, I think we're not maybe on the same page in terms of our projections about Pickens and Rush. You can go back and forth. Maybe there's not a right or wrong answer. Well, I'm, I'm just riding my Darius Rush. Don't ride the wave. There you go. Because I, 
I've, I've been on this wave. I'm just going to ride it all the okay. way to the end. Um, every, every time I've put incredibly high <laughs> expectations, it's delivered. You know, Darius has delivered on that. Okay. So I'm just going to keep riding. Uh, it. So I- are we making an official prediction? Second off the board? Are we going to go that far? Or do you want to see Pro Day first? I don't. No, know. I don't think no, anybody's going to do, do that. I. Going I'm going to say. I'm going to say he's second. I actually think he's going to be much closer to being first off the board than anybody thinks. Okay. I like it. So then you've got, we talked about Nate Atkins a little bit. Would not be shocked if Atkins, Atkins, I think that's one where Pro Day is going to be really important. Yes. Yes. Especially because he didn't get a combine invite. So see how Nate Atkins does, whether it's um, testing, again, what he does. He can do so much. The snapping element. Snapping elements crucial. For those who don't know, um, you know, he's been did he talk about that with you? Yeah. Yeah. He he's did. been working on snapping and like long snapping. And you know, that it's a, it seems like a small thing outside looking in, but if you can prove it when you're talking about a limited number of NFL roster spots, that could maybe be the difference between getting, you know, making a roster and not making a roster. So I, I think that's but but for him don't you think teams are going to watch the film and they're going to say, well, this guy is a good football player. For him, it's going to come down to what do the measurables look like? Um, you know, is, is, he, is he NFL tight end sized? What does he run? They're so big into the different metrics and kind of do you fit this mold that we're looking for? I think for him, Pro Day will be massive in that element. Um, even the, you know, the bench press, how, how strong are you compared to the field necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, does he catch the foot? I think he'll catch the ball naturally when they watch him run all that stuff, probably surprisingly so for people who are coming in. So d- do we leave pro day hearing buzz about Nate being a sixth or seventh round guy? Because Chris, you and I've heard more and more and more talk, um, about people in the South Carolina program. Just in one year, how much, you know, they're, they're just going to miss having Nate Atkins around. And it sounds like that kind of goes beyond just on the field as well. He's really just endeared himself to, to everybody in that program, I feel like. Yeah, so much he, he did at South Carolina, so much he can do potentially for pro teams, but pro day will be big for him. Jalen Brooks, just a quick recap of the others, Jalen Brooks and Javon Gwen participated in the combine as well, they'll have a chance at pro day. You would think Brooks is going to give the forty another go, four seven at the scouting combine. Disappointment for him, I'm sure. Javon Gwen has a chance to be a later round guy, most likely. If he was a couple inches taller, probably would see his stock rise. But I think that's another couple that the com- that the pro day rather will be important for. So uh, just to to sort of make sure everybody knows, it's the five guys from the combine. Then you have Nate Atkins. This is the list that South Carolina has provided for Pro Day. Nate Atkins, Christian Beal Smith, Eric Douglas, Sherrod Green, Brad Johnson, Devonnie Reed, Dylan Wanham, and Josh Van actually listed as one of the guys who's going to participate. Have not heard anything about his recovery from the knee injury against Clemson. What that's looking like, certainly a good sign, though, for Josh that he is listed on this official list that they put out of guys who are supposed to participate. We'll certainly talk more about Pro Day as it approaches again coming up on Monday. Tomorrow, we'll take a look at some position battles as we dive into spring practice, which also starts next week.
That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Halftime show with Jay and Terry coming up next on 107.5 The Game. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.